You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Yeah, Romans 8, y'all could hear me in this building, I know, without the mic, but the people online can't, so they just saw my mouth moving. I promise I didn't say anything of importance yet, other than turn to Romans 8. (laughs) Romans 8, I'm going to start about verse 15 here in just a moment. Um, I'd got, Natalie had reminded me of something that the Lord had said, and, and I wanted to kind of articulate that in, in what we get to do in our lifetime. And one of the, I believe, one of the most important things that we do, I know there's a, a short list of important things that we're doing, and they, and they range from spiritual things to practical things, but I believe that one of the most important things that we get to do in our lifetime is fight battles and get breakthroughs that the next generation will never have to contend for. Right When the baton is passed properly, then the next generation will never have to fight the same giants, go through the same lies, right? They won't have to jump through the same religious hoops. They'll step right into freedom. I mean, you see Calvin up here this morning, right? We're show, I mean, it, it was not just a good God idea that, that Sarah had, but it was, it's actually evidence of what God's doing, that you're never too young, you're never too old, Right? It doesn't matter what gender, it doesn't matter what color, it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter your education level, it doesn't, none of those things are most important. Right? And so these, these things that we are realizing aren't most important, and we're stepping into the things that are most important, which is truth, biblical truth, that's bringing us greater freedom constantly to live out of the reality of who we are as God's kids in turning into the bride of, of Christ, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a kind of a strange thing to try to articulate between sons and daughters in a bride, right? But there's, there's a difference in intimacy. That's all I can say for now because I'm not, that's not the topic for today, but there's a difference in intimacy. There's a place that sons and daughters can't go into that the bride can. It's a different level of intimacy with, with the Father, and you don't have to work for it. You don't have to find out the great secret of, of how it works. Uh, it, it's just our main responsibility is to, to remain in relationship with Him on a daily basis and realize that He paid for me to have full access to everything that He already wants me to have. <laughs> it's not going to come through me trying harder, praying louder, praying longer, all those None of those things are bad things. I believe that it's, there's, there's a place where you exert great efforts, not in the name of gaining something from God, but we are hard workers. We should be known as hard workers, but not working for what he paid for. <laughs> so we, we talk about a, a lot of these things already, and a lot of us are walking in great measure of this, and we're getting increase all the time, but I, I felt like when, when Natalie spoke that word this morning that, that basically she was saying that 
what the Lord was saying is that we are getting breakthroughs and mind renewal that the next generation will step right into. That they're not going to us that, you know, through our, I was, you know, 30, I mean, in my late 30s before my mind really started to be transformed by some of this truth. Your kids will be three, four, five, six, seven years old when their, their mind is renewed to the level that ours is now. I mean, how exciting is that? There's some hope for you. If you needed some, there's hope for the next generation. So much hope. Because every day I have a choice of what I will look at. I can look at the, the culture and the political views of what some of the generation is embracing, and I can let that be my focus. And I'm like, oh, they're... Whatever, you fill in the blank. You probably get a list of things that are already coming to your mind that fast because that's sometimes more present than truth. Or I can choose to see that the things that God is giving us are not just for us. That they're for three, four, and five generations down the road. <laughs> and so by, I mean, this, this what would seem small, more significant to the family than maybe to some of you have seen Calvin up here, is actually a statement of what God's doing, of releasing things to the next generation. It's happening. It's already happening. Our responsibility is to be present with him, trust him, live that example out in front of the, one, the little ones that are around us, right? It's, it's like, I don't know about you, but when I was younger, I, my, my, what I called my no-no, in, in, in Italian, it's no-no for your grandpa, right? My nana, my no-no, my no-no was, was uh, his family was from Italy, and they came over from Naples uh, through Ellis Island. You know, I got to see that a couple of years ago uh, with Bryler. Bryler and I went, my son went to Ellis Island, and we're able to see, you know, we've got generations looking at where our family lineage actually came from. It was just really cool. I, I thought it was great. It was a great day for it, a great time of memories for us. And I would sit, and my, my, my grandpa didn't talk much. You know, when he'd have you one-on-one, -on -one, he'd talk some, but not a whole lot. Wasn't affectionate, wasn't very emotional, expressive at all. It was just that part of that generation that was just hard workers, faithful. You can count on his word with a handshake. That's all you needed. He was, you could count on it. My dad's the same way. Well, you know, except for the, not, you know what I mean? My dad's very loving, very kind, very compassionate. Um, but in all those other things of faithfulness, he, my dad carried that on and, and displayed that to me. And after I, I uh, quit acting like an idiot then, and, and gave my life to Jesus, then I started to display some of those things in my own life. <laughs> <laughs> you say, well, don't speak that over yourself. No, that's just true. I was just being an, an idiot, really. <laughs> they were poor choices. You can call them poor choices. You, can, you know, I don't know what you were doing. I just know what I was doing. <laughs> I knew better. Or <laughs> like I was doing things I, di I didn't know better than doing. But all that to say, I wish I would have listened to the wisdom of my grandfather when he was, was around me. He had things to say that were important. I know he, he was dropping nuggets that would have saved me a lot, a, a lot of years of, of fighting for things that I could have already had if I would have just sat and listened, that just sat at his feet figuratively and absorbed his life experience 
if I would have if I would have done that because I. I didn't have anybody that was showing me that that was most important, even though he was trying to do that. That was one of his life's goals. I can look back now and see that he wanted to deposit even practical wisdom to me so that I wouldn't have to learn it on my own. And I want to encourage you today that when I look around the room, that's what I see is people that are living examples of what it looks like to pass on the revelation, both practical and spiritual revelation to the next generation, first through your lifestyle and also through, through your words. Lifestyle is always most important. You guys have heard that. You've heard it for years. Your testimony will always speak louder than anything that you actually vocalize out of your mouth. But your words are also, also important. It's important even more so than the words that I say, that I realize that, that I have a voice, I have a sound that was created to be released out of me that nobody else on the earth was ever created to release or ever will be. Did you know that? That there's nobody on earth with the same vocal print that you have. That's what, if you didn't know, that's what they call them now. It's as significant, as, it's as unique and significant as your, as your thumbprint. Or they can tell through voice recognition. They've got software now that some of you probably know more about than I do. That are they're refining that you can actually they can tell it as much as if you used your fingerprint. Isn't that amazing? Because God spoke the world into existence. Was it what He said, or, or was it what He released when He said it? I believe it was a combination of both. I, believe, I can't point to either or. I can't say it was the vibration from the sound that he released. I can't say it was actually the words that he released. But I can say there was a combination of something that happened that he showed an example that you and I were created in his image. In Genesis 126, it says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, or to be like us. And so God's voice as, is as unique as it comes, right? And when he speaks, life happens. Things that didn't exist before, Romans 4.17 says that. God speaks and calls those things that be as if they were. He's talking about Abraham there and Abraham's willingness to, to lay Isaac on the altar. He was willing to sacrifice his son because of trust that God would either raise him from the dead or give him another promised child. That seems ludicrous to us, but, but Abram or Abraham knew what it was to walk in Trust. Call it faith, call it trust. It's something that each and every one of us are growing in on a daily basis. We're growing in trusting Him. I used to think that it was my great ability uh, that would actually bring freedom to people. I tried really hard for years to be the best at what I get to do. I'm not saying that we shouldn't refine our giftings. I'm not saying that we shouldn't get further education in the things that we do. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be able to constantly improve in our articulation of the gospel and the things that we are teaching, uh, whether they're spiritual pr principles or, or a school teacher or just uh, teaching in general the next generation, being able to be effective at communication to whoever you're speaking to. 
I'm not saying that, but I am saying that our great ability won't be uh, the deal maker or breaker when it comes to transforming people. (laughs) It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that sets people free. Isn't that good news? (laughs) Is that I don't have to try really hard to make this stuff happen. Is that there's a sound on the inside of me, right? They were just singing. There's a a roar on, on the inside of you. I love that. It gets me hype. I was just, you know, you just want to yell and, and punch the air and jump. And it's just one of those good, uh, you know, just let it go songs. It's just, you're like, yeah, Jesus. You're like, I just want to yell. I don't even know what. I just want to yell something. Just, ah, just noise. Just something that come out of my mouth. It's... Just one of those songs that, that, that gets you hype, right? There's something on the inside of us that needs to be released. There's a sound that that's, needs to be released. All right? There's a, there's a voice on the inside. I, I constantly make this declaration is that I'm a voice and not an echo. I'll tell you this, I'll use myself as an example, I could use other, other people as an example, I think it's best to use yourself when given the opportunity, but I have regurgitated revelation that was not mine, that I thought that was good, solid revelation, that was working on me, that was, that was bringing freedom to me, that was renewing my mind, but I didn't own it yet. You know what I mean by that? You're like, I know I'm not living in this, but I'm going to tell you about it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing about teaching that I do know is that I can only impart who I am. I can teach you what I know. So I can give you information that probably won't change your life, or I can give you impartation of who I am that's likely to feed you because it's fed me and it's actually transformed my mind in that area in such a way that it's an everyday part of my life. And even if I falter at it sometimes and I don't have it perfect, it's still become a part of me. It's become the first thought in my mind. It's it's become that thing that I know to be truth. It's alive on the inside of me. It's brought life to me. It's releasing life to others around me. It's raised my hope level up and therefore I'm really happy about it, right? It's made my, my joy has gotten deeper and broader and brought me more strength because of that hope that that one truth has brought, that's brought transformation to my mind. It's what it's doing on the inside of me. I know it belongs to me. And so when I am releasing regurgitated revelation from other people, it's okay. I'm not telling you that's a bad thing to do. I believe that it's okay to do until you find out your own voice. Because I stood up and released a lot of revelation that was other people's, that was a, a bad imitation of them, because I didn't think that I was significant. I didn't think that I had anything to say. When I got prophetic words about writing books, I thought, how could I say anything that the world hasn't already heard? I may be the only one in the room that's ever thought that, but I'm just telling you, I'm just like, there's so many books out. There's been so many books that are written. I mean, you go in any Christian bookstore on any one topic, you, you can find a hundred books on that. Well, you can't find a lot of bookstores nowadays, but you find them on Amazon anyway. 
preferably on Kindle version or, or some kind of ebook if it's me. That way, if I want to read in bed at night, I don't have to have a light on and uh, risk life or limb <laughs> because of it. I'm just kidding. Or am I? It's just easier. I got my book in my pocket all the time, right? Got my phone with me all the time. I can read this. At any moment, I could open my book and read it. I like it. And so I thought, how could I ever add to what God has already said? And if you've ever thought that, it's just not, it's just not true. I got good news for you today is that you have, you have something to say. And I don't know if you've ever thought this, but I often thought that it was, I was waiting to say something that was profound, that, that it had to be profound to change somebody's life. Like, they're just going to have this great revelation, but have you ever had a great revelation that you shared it with somebody else and they were like, hmm. <laughs> you're waiting for them to just explode like you did. You're like, here it comes. Hold on. And then it, you're like, wah, wah, wah. Like it never, <laughs> never happens. Because God was speaking that to you. It was doing something to you in that season. It was, it was, it come to life on the inside of you. Maybe they already got it. Or maybe it just wasn't time for them to hear it. Because the, but what's it say about the right word in the right season? Like apples of gold in settings of silver is what it says in Proverbs. It, it tells you that a word spoken in the right season is what it's really about. And I believe that right now in the body of Christ, that now more than ever is the right season for us as sons and daughters to realize that we are a voice and not an echo. That I don't have to say something that profoundly different than somebody else. Is that I say it in my own way through the unique sound that God created me to release and then, it, it, and then I do my, because all, all I'm responsible for is to do my part, right? We're all a part of the body of Christ, right? No, no more significant or less significant than the other. I like to say it's a level playing field at the cross. God loves us all equally yet uniquely. And so your part is as important as anybody else's part, as is my part. And I just need to say what God is, is having me speak or do what God is having me do. And this is why, Romans 8. <clears throat> oh, he's good, isn't he? Romans 8, verse, what did I say I was going to do? 16, yeah? No. 15. See, y'all get to help me preach too. The Spirit himself bears, oh, I'm starting in 16. I didn't listen to you, I'm sorry. Verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That establishes our, our identity, our sonship, right? It's a done deal. Galatians 3.26 says, for you all sons and daughters, you all are, or if you're, you're from where I come from, it's y'all. And if you're further south, it's yuns. And then I think it, then I think it turns into y'all again when you get past <laughs> you all are sons and daughters through faith in Christ Jesus. It shows that I didn't do anything for it. That, that when he woke me up to truth, that I said yes. And that, that was my only part in it. And he actually, if you read in Romans 12, verse 3, it says that all have been given a measure of faith. 
So he, he gave me the faith. He drew me to him. He opened my eyes. And then I, I said yes, because it's the best decision that I ever made. <laughs> For a long time, I think it was the only good one. <clears throat> Verse 16, for the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Oh, there's so much right there. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. I'll skip over that for y'all's sake. With the glory which shall be revealed in us. There's glo- Did you know there's glory on the inside of you? There's glory on the inside of every son and daughter of God. Right? We're going from glory to glory. I believe that one, one revelation or translation of that could be that we are increasing in the measure of glory that we actually display to the world around us. I know the glory's His. I know it belongs to Him. I didn't do anything for it. But I do get the privilege of revealing it to the world around me on a daily basis. Because he won't share his glory with another. But as I heard Bill Johnson say, you're not another. Sometimes we're confusing glory with credit. I'm not taking, God, I'm not taking the credit for what God is doing. I'll tell you what, I used to be terrified so terrified, so scared, even up until here recently, of celebrating my accomplishments on a daily basis, that, that I, when it came to some mind renewal of, of basically what I'm doing at the end of every day, is rehashing the things that I did it, that, that are worthy of celebration. And I, my mind immediately would go to, uh, it had to be something very significant, very special that I, I celebrate. Right, I had to share the gospel with somebody, give somebody a, a word, see somebody healed. Right, I needed it was, it was some kind of ministry thing. It was something to do with ministry because I, I just you know wired to share the gospel with people. I love it. Y'all love it. It's great, right? The Holy Spirit was showing me celebrate the fact that you chose to get up when your alarm went off, chose to go into the office. Chose to worship, chose to read your Bible, chose to unconditionally love your wife, chose to, right? It's, it's, it's the little things, like for the benefit of others. You chose to brush your teeth when you woke up this morning, right? <laughs> we all thank you for it. it there, I mean, we laugh and we make light of it, but there's little choices that we, we're making on a daily basis that are worthy of celebration that will show us that we are powerful people that are actually making good choices versus me focusing on the fact that I have to do something that seems to be significant to me to be worthy of celebration, and then all I do is focus on where I'm not growing. God celebrates progress, not perfection. So if I'm not, fo- this, is, uh, this is my thinking, if I'm not focused on the things that are small, that are worthy of celebration, I believe he's not either. Because whatever I do to me is what I believe he thinks of me. I get a real good visual of what I believe God thinks about me when I, I, I focus in on what I think about me. Right? That's where it comes from. 
So these are all indicators, not, not, not to condemn us, not to bring guilt to us, but to actually be indicators of what I believe. I need markers in my life that I can point to or measuring sticks that I can, I can say, this is, this is growth, or this is something that I believe that's not true. Hopelessness is always an indicator of, of bad beliefs, right? It's, it's my number one, my emotions are my number one indicator of what I'm believing on a daily basis. It's, it's beautiful. I love it that God, he wired us in a way that, that gave us an easy, an easy way to help us transform our minds. It's beautiful, isn't it? I, I'm so glad that he took the work out of it for me. Man, I tried really hard to be a Christian for a long time. Aren't you glad those days are over? Yeah. Tried really hard to be a good Christian. Shoo, I was really bad at it. <laughs> and then I died. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that guy wasn't supposed to be alive anyway. Romans 4, 5, 6, read it all and just read it, yell it, chant it, <laughs> absorb it, just whatever, <laughs> just get it in you, right? <laughs> a little boy that just, I, don't, I know y'all said that don't work, but I'm going to keep trying it, so. <laughs> Let's read verse 18 again, the glory, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Not gender-specific, by the way. Verse 20, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in what? Hope. He subjected it in hope because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We could just keep on reading. The rest of Romans is just incredible, but we'll stop right there. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. We were created to have dominion over over the planet. We were created to demonstrate what dominion looks like through servanthood. Not by lording over. It's not the same as the world sees it. It's upside down. It's the same way that Jesus showed us. And I get to demonstrate what it looks like to have dominion in a way that actually is serving someone else is the whole purpose of it. And one of the best ways that I can serve other people is work on me. Right? Because there's this, this passage in Genesis 3 that, that I want to use um, in its, its when all the, the chaos broke loose into the earth. Right? You guys know it. Adam and Eve make a, a poor choice together, the blame game starts, uh, but there's this part where Adam and Eve, the, they hear God come into the garden in the, in the cool of the day. I believe it was probably 70 in, in the garden of Eden, Eden, day and night, all year round, right? <laughs> That's, that would be perfect for me. For, for some of you, it's a little, little hotter, a little cooler, whatever, but, but, but whatever you want in there, but they are... They're hiding from God because he, he had told them not to eat of the tree of, the, of knowledge of good and evil. And you know, the enemy lies to them and tells them, no, God just doesn't want, to be, want, him to, or want you to be like him when they were already like him. 
So he deceived them into believing that they weren't something that they already were. He's still doing it today. He's still doing it to Christians all over the world. You're already a powerful son, a powerful daughter of God. You already have everything on the inside of you that you need. You have every good and spiritual blessing on the inside of you. You're already holy. You're already blameless. Sin's not an issue, right? You've got the Spirit of God. You've got healing flowing through you. Your shadow can heal people. Come on, you carry the freedom that someone needs. you already, that's who you already are. That's who I already am. Isn't that amazing? The, the Christian life is really about discovering who I already am in Him. And that's what this mind renewal is all about. I'm renewing my mind to the truth of who I already am. But God says this phrase that caught my attention to Adam and Eve. And, and He says first, where are you? You know, when God asks you a question, He sets you up. They weren't that good at hide-and-seek that he couldn't find them. And so they had found out something that they weren't supposed to have knowledge of. And because of that, sin came into the world. The curse came upon the earth. And you guys know the rest. But the good news is Jesus. Jesus came. But Adam's response to, the, to God is that we, we hid ourselves because we were naked. And God says to him, his father, who told you? Who told you that? Who told you that? And so I felt like that God wanted to ask us a question today, and it's, who, who told you the things that have brought limitation on your life? And before I start and go further into this, the, the whole purpose of this is not for you to look to the person that told you these things, if somebody actually told you other than yourself or the enemy, and then start the blame game yourself. They did that in the Garden of Eden. It didn't do them any good. And all it proved is that they immediately, what the curse brought on was victim mentality. That victim mentality was never meant to be on the planet. Now, if you've been victimized, legitimately victimized by somebody and hurt and abused and all those things, we have compassion for that, right? We... we would get you healed, get you counseling, all those things. And so I'm not being insensitive to people that have been actual victims, but continuing to walk in victim mentality is not okay. Right? Because you were created for more. Right? You, you and I weren't, I was a victim of everybody's, I was a, a victim all the time of everybody's stuff. It was always, I was a professional blame shifter. I would shift the blame and manipulate you in a way that made you think that it was your fault somehow because I messed up, had a bad day, did all those things. Right? A bad moment. It was where some of you are smiling and nodding your head. You're like, yep, I'm familiar with that person. I used to look them in the mirror. So now that we got past that, who told you that? He asked them a question that causes them to think for themselves because he created mankind to be intelligent. And when we became Christians, he didn't tell us to bend over, dump our brains out, and become robots. He actually wired us in a way that would, that would line up with the way that he thinks so that we could represent him on the planet through these tiny, finite minds that can be very brilliant, but compared to God, you know, 
You're like, it's laughable. But it still, in his goodness and his love, he allows the brains that we have to be a representation through creativity, through science, through, through medical science, through engineering, through all these things, through parenting, through teaching, through all of these things that we get to be a part of and dream up with him, he still allows us to be a part of that through our, our thinking. So he tells them, who, he asks them, who told you that? Who, who told you that you were, were naked? All right. He wanted to ask them a question that would cause them to get to the root of what they were believing so that they could, even though they had made a poor choice in what they had done and all of mankind was going to suffer for it for thousands of years, in his, he still shows them in his moment where most parents would have lost their mind, right? <laughs> I, I'll be right back. I will come. You... Just wait. I'm going to get a switch off of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and I will be right back with it. <laughs> and you will find out that those fig leaves are not going to do you much good. <laughs> it's just true, right? Because that's... The, um, but... The father is a, he's a different kind of, thankfully, he's showing us how to parent properly. I wish I had learned this about, you know, 20 years ago. But I'm glad I'm learning it. And he shows them in that moment, he shows them his goodness. And, and constantly, he's pointing us back to the, to the true nature of who we were always supposed to be. His goodness is always pointing us back to the, the image that we were created in, the likeness that we were created in, the way that we were always intended to be, that's what his goodness is always doing. Even in his correction, he, you see it here. For the first time, there's correction brought into the earth to mankind, and what's it do? It pulls man closer to him. It invites man into a deeper place with the Father. Even though what man had done was meant to bring separation between mankind and God. The Father is still good. He's giving us a representation in this moment in Genesis 3 of what it would look like when Jesus came and, and he would pull the whole world in like this through his love. So who told you that there were limitations on your life? Who told you that there was a glass ceiling over you? Who told you that you were insignificant? Who told you that you couldn't do what you're dreaming to do? Who told you that you needed a certain level of education or a certain amount of ability or a certain amount of experience? Who told you that you were the wrong gender, the wrong race, the wrong age? Who told you, the, who told you that you didn't have something to say? Who told you that you couldn't do anything that you've been hoping for most of your life? Who told you that you were too young, that you were too old? Who told you... All of these things that have brought a level of limitation on your life and ultimately brought what seems to be bondage to you, right? Because when I'm not walking in freedom, there's only one other alternative, right? But the good news is, is that fast it can change. One truth can obliterate the bondage that I've been living in because the bondage when I'm a son or daughter of God, I'm convinced that it's not on the exterior. I know there's demonic stuff. I don't focus on any of that. He doesn't have that much power for me to focus on him. He doesn't have any authority. But he, 
It's in here. It's inside of my mind that I, st- I stayed in bondage for so long. It was truth that liberated my thinking. It wasn't, I got free from addiction. In the moment that I said yes to Jesus, I was a drug addict. I, I was addicted to all kinds of other things besides drugs. I was suicidal. I was depressed. I was schizophrenic. I was all those things. And in that moment, he brought freedom to, to me. Every one of us, the moment that we said yes to Jesus, freedom came on the inside of us. But, but how many of us lived in bondage for a whole lot more years? The things that we didn't realize we thought, I got to, I'm sorry if I, I'm going to step on your toes on this, but you thought I had to take all these steps to get to all this freedom and jump through all these religious hoops, take all these classes, take all, right? I'm not speaking bad against classes. I like them. I teach them. But I'm telling you, freedom came in the moment. The classes to teach me that I'm already free. Right? That's what, you, this is what, that's what you do. That's what Celebrate Recovery does, right? It teaches you that you're already free. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a little while because I'm fighting through all the lies of limitation that, uh, that somebody else told me. Somebody else told me because when I was in, uh, when I was in what they called quote-unquote recovery, he said, you'll be a drug addict the rest of your life. You'll always be an addict. I thought, wow, that is incredibly hopeless. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> This is terrible. I'm going to have to sit with you guys. You guys are miserable. (laughs) I know you were a lot more fun before you started taking this glass. I'm just telling you what I was thinking when I was still, you know, newly saved. (laughs) I'm not advocating them doing what they they were doing to seem to be more fun before this moment. But I'm like, y'all are, this is awful, Right? I'm like, if I'm thinking to myself, if I have to sit through these classes in this group, I'll leave unnamed for the next rest of my life. You know, temptation starts coming back. You're like, I might as well go back to the world. This is not living. And it's not because that limitation lie was going to bring a, a bondage to my life that said I was something that I was never meant to be. And so all those lies that we've heard of, you can't, you shouldn't, you won't be able to, all those negative statements that were made over our life, God is breaking off today. And we're going to find out that we have, you have, we have a significant sound to be released in the earth today that only you can release. You're the only one. No, we said your, your testimony is the most powerful thing that you could ever live out in front of somebody without articulation of words. I believe for one reason, agree or disagree, is because every step that I take, there's, there's vibration that's released is what creates sound, right? Every step that I take, every movement that I make, y'all went back to the 80s, didn't you? I did too, I was there. But it's true, every time that I am moving, there's movement in my life from my body, there's a vibration that's being released and a sound that's being released that only I, now you may not be able to hear it with your ears, but there's a sound that's being released in the atmosphere that's more real than this one that we can see, and it is shifting things. Darkness is being destroyed. Chaos is leaving. Uh, suicidal people are becoming free. There's, did you know that your shadow can heal people? 
you know, when you get next to somebody, they're sensing freedom. And the more I realize who I am, the, that Peter's walking through the streets. They're just dragging people out. They're like, just drag them out here. Peter walks by. His sh- shadow is devils are leaving people. Sick people are getting healed. Lame people are getting up and walking. Like shadows have no substance. Right? So when he was walking, was it, just a question, the sound that he was releasing as he was walking by? Just asking a question. So what limitation does God want to take off of your life today? I tried to be all those other people, all those great speakers that I look up to. I, I tried to mimic and do all the things that they did and, 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 and to a fault. And, and I, I believe that it was okay for then, but it's not okay anymore. I had to find out who I was, who I am who I was created to be. And I did all of those things because I thought that I wasn't enough. I only mimic other people when I believe that I'm not enough. Who told you that you weren't enough? Has life told you that? Maybe it wasn't a person. Maybe life has just beat you down because of a series of bad things that happened to a good person. Because bad things happen to good people every day, right? And good things happen to bad people. It rains on the just and the unjust. I don't get it. it just, it's just life. I don't try to even figure it out anymore. But has life beat you down in a way that's, that's lied to you and told you that this is all you'll ever be? This is all you can do. This is all you'll attain to. This is the only po- kind of person you can be with. This is, what, what is it? What's life told you today? Because God's bringing freedom in the room today. He's bringing freedom online. I'm convinced of it. He's bringing freedom, shattering lives with truth because it's, it's been too long. It's time to get free so that we can rise. You know, who told you that you couldn't start a business? Who told you that you needed I got people in a room that could to tell you that I didn't need the education that other people would have told you that you needed, right? Or didn't need all that God, God is God, <laughs> right? It's profound, I know. But he can do anything that he wants to with your life. It's just a matter of surrendering and saying yes and, and, and say, show me what it is that you want me to do. I don't want to do what they're doing. I, I don't, if you don't want me to do this, I don't want to. I want to do whatever it is that you're doing with me. We're doing this together. Because whatever I do, is going to bring to the change to the world that I was created to bring with him because I'm more than enough. Because the anointing on your life is what sets people free. Because you're a person of peace. Because you carry radical love. Because you're gentle, you're kind, you have self-control. You're a person of peace. When people get around you, their lives are transformed and impacted. Right? When you walk in the room, light comes in the room and darkness leaves. When people get around you, they get free from suicide and depression and anxiety. When you lay hands on the sick, people get healed. Signs, wonders, and miracles flow from you effortlessly. When your voice is released out of your mouth, there's revelation knowledge that comes to people that they need for them to even be able to survive another moment.
You are significant. You're important. You are created to be on the earth right now. God chose you. He chose you. He chose me. Before the foundation of the world, not your parents. It wasn't something they dreamed up. Yeah, it may have been their dream, but all they did was catch God's dream, whether they were saved or not. It was God's idea. Like, we'll decide to have... Now you just picked up on what he already wanted to do. It's a beautiful thing, right? He didn't tell you to do it. Maybe some of you prayed about it, were led. But he, he, God chose us to be a generation that lives free from all the voices of accusation, all the voices of limitation, so that the next generation will not live through the same things that we've lived through. They're not supposed to because you and I weren't created to. And I'm not going to blame anybody that went on before me for it because there were lots of people that, that gave it their best. Right? Sometimes the baton gets dropped. Whatever happens. That's not even my concern. I don't focus on any of that. I'm just glad that I get to live in the revelation that I'm living in today. Alright? There's ideas and plans and businesses and inventions and all kinds of things in, in heaven that were created to come through you. Isn't that great? All kinds of things. Books and poems and, and songs and parenting ideas and curriculums. and all, all, There's all kinds of stuff. Counseling ideas. There's medical sciences waiting on, on you, to, you know, to, to ask God, to dream with God on what brings breakthrough and and cancer and other things that they say are incurable that we know aren't. <clears throat> Come on. What is it for you today? What is it that needs to be broken off every day? To stand up, if this just is, if this speaks to you, you don't have to stand up if it doesn't speak to you, but if this speaks to you, I just want to, I want to read some more truth over you. Is that okay? I just want to give you some more hope. <laughs> Because all those voices, what's most important is the Father's voice. Because what the Father says trumps everything. Every other voice of condemnation and accusation and self-criticism and all of my own voice of, of, of picking myself apart. All right? we, we're good, we become professionals at focusing on the things that aren't quite right yet. But God is changing our minds about that and He's showing us that we are going to be professionals about focusing on where we're growing, celebrating our progress. Yeah, that's what we're becoming professionals of. <laughs> Come on. I feel hope. Hope, hope, hope. Hope is shattering lies. What the Father says about you trumps your experience. Whatever life has told you, the Father's words are coming in this moment. They may be words that I speak. They may be words the Holy Spirit speaks to you. But His words are going to trump every experience that you've had that have told you opposite or oppose what you're created to live out of. You're God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. I want to stop right there just for a moment is that Da Vinci only created one Mona Lisa, right? A masterpiece is created one time 
then a different masterpiece is made, then a def- different masterpiece is made. In the room, people are gonna, you're going to start seeing yourself as the masterpiece that God created you to be. Thank you, Father, for people looking in the mirror and seeing the masterpiece that you made them. Thank you for people looking in the mirror and falling in love, head over heels in love with the person that's standing in front of them. Thank you for people being able to look themselves in the eyes and say the things that you say about them until it transforms their minds so much that they're convinced of it like you are. (laughs) You are God's plan A. You're God's plan A for this hour, for this season, for this job, for this ministry, for for everything that you're dreaming about. You're God's plan A. You're more than a conqueror. You are brave. You have the mind of Christ. You think his thoughts. You dream his dreams. You're partnering with him even when you sleep. (laughs) You're moving up in your thinking today to to dream with God in a, a more extravagant way and also to think with a greater reality of the mind of Christ that we already have. You are brave. I know I said it once, you are brave. You come from the line of David, a little boy who slayed a giant. Remember that. Davidic blood runs through your veins. (laughs) It came from Jesus. (laughs) You are a giant slayer. You are. And the only giants that need to be slayed right now are the ones in our minds. And they're fallen today. You are powerful. The most powerful force on the earth lives on the inside of you and upon you. You are fearless. You've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of what? A sound mind. For every person that's been diagnosed, you have a sound mind that will renew your mind until it becomes your reality. Yes, you have self-control lives on the inside of us. We have self-control. Yes. (laughs) This is worth saying again. I know I said it once. We are gentle. We are kind. We are loving. We are patient. We live from peace. We are joyful. We are fully loved and fully accepted by the Father. When I realize that, I don't need man's acceptance. We are fully approved of by the Father. He already approved you, already accepted you of everything that you were already created to do. You and I are worth Jesus' sacrifice. If it would have been just one of us on the planet, he still would have considered it an even swap. Yes, thank you, Father. Thank you for the truth that's resonating right now and breaking old patterns of thought. I thank you that you're going to help us to meditate on the truth that you're speaking to us right now or have spoken to us. That you're going to help us practically as we meditate and make declarations, make new neuro pathways in our thinking with truth. That those old trains of thought and those things where people have told us that we couldn't are going to be old thinking that no longer has any power over us. 
But the new thinking, the new mind, the new truth is going to empower us to walk in everything that you already see us as. So I thank you, Father, right now, strongholds are coming down. Peace is replacing places that worry has dug out ruts. Thank you, Father. Thank you that we get to partner with you in this. But I believe there's some supernatural stuff happening in the room. Sometimes we talk about mind renewal as a, as a process, and I know that it is, but there are times when God just does a thing in a moment. <laughs> Not everything has to be the process that I've made it. I thank you. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you, Father, right now that you're uprooting bad thinking in places where it needs to be changed in this moment because you, you want us to walk immediately in the more that you have for us. You immediately want us to walk in a greater level of our identity, greater reality of what heaven sees and all that heaven's backing us in. Thank you that you're uprooting those things in minds right now whether they're in the room or online, I thank you that things are coming out of our souls that don't belong there. Thank you, Father. Yep, every root issue by the roots, I thank you they're coming out, leaving now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you're replacing them with new roots of truth that will grow up into trees that bear fruit in every season because we are a people who are planted not only by, but I believe in the river of God. <laughs> Why do I want to be by it when I can be in it? Thank you, Father, that you've shown us greater realities. I thank you that I'm in a room with people that are growing in who they are and that because of them laying their lives down and giving them uh, giving you their yes, that the next generation is getting their mind renewed as, as infants, as toddlers. I thank you that we're seeing a generation of, of youngsters that are coming up. They're going to walk and bypass. They're going to run past us <laughs> uh, before they're teenagers. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for what we get to fight for that they don't have to. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless everything that you're doing in the room right now. Say more, God. More of your peace. More of your peace in this process. Thank you. Thank you for the immediate stuff you did. Yeah. Thank you that you're lifting the weight of responsibility to, to be the change for people off of people in the room right now. Some of us have become responsible for other people's transformation. We're not. We're not. I thank you that you've given us what we need to be a part of that process already. And that's your love. Your love and your compassion for those people. An opportunity to be an example of what freedom looks like. What transformation looks like. <laughs> what hope and joy look like. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Have the prayer team come up, if y'all if would. We want you to get prayer. If you need, you need physical healing, you need somebody to partner with you in any area of your life, 
financial stuff, whatever it is. You just need somebody to agree with you in prayer. We got people that want to do that. Don't leave here with something that you came with that you're not supposed to leave with. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just bless the sound that only you were created to release. Online, I bless the sound that only you were created to release. It's coming out. It's coming out. It's coming out. (laughs) It's coming out, and it's going to bring change to the world around us. In Jesus' name. You guys can go ahead and come if you need prayer. If not, we bless you. We love you. We thank God that we get to be any part of your lives. So grateful for you. If you need to take off, hopefully you got a minute to say hi to somebody that you never met before. We love relationship. It's what God created us for. I'm not saying you got to have time to get coffee every week with the person. We just want you to get to know the family. Hope you guys have an an amazing day. If you're having an encounter with Jesus right now and you need to stay where you're at, don't go anywhere. We're not rushing you out of here, okay? We're just transitioning. That's all. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.